0: The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 18th chapter. Jesus said to the disciples If another member of the church sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. If the member listens to you, you have regained that one. But if you are not listened to, take one or two things along with you so that every word may be confined by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If the member refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if the offender refuses to listen even to the church, let such a one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: Praise to you, My dear brothers and sisters, I bring you grace and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So it's the start of the program year, and I have a couple of things I want to share with you this morning. The first um, is just a strong word of welcome to each and every one of you. Uh, For my family, summer is always a somewhat disruptive. It's a wonderful time, but it disrupts our usual schedules. Is that true for all of you as well? Um, So the fall is a chance to sort of uh, do a little bit of a reset. And so, whoever you are, wherever you're coming from, welcome, 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 that's true if you've been here for a very long time, if you've been here all summer, it's true if you're longtime members who've been away for the summer, uh, it's true if you've been worshiping with us online and now are visiting for the first time, uh, it's true if this is your first ever time here, or your first ever time worshiping with us uh, digitally, we are so grateful for your presence, and so to each and every one of you, again, I extend a hearty and heartfelt welcome. We are are glad you are here. The second thing I want to say is uh, every fall now, for the last few years, we have found it uh, instructive and helpful for us, uh, for the first few weeks of the program year to focus on some fundam- fundamental or foundational or basic part of our faith. Uh, You may or may not recall last year we did a three-week sort of mini-series on what the church is called to do in the world. Uh, So we worship, we serve the poor, and we evangelize, and through the magic of YouTube, if you are interested in seeing those messages again, you can go back and find them. Uh, This year, I don't want to talk about what the church does. I would like to spend the next few weeks instead reflecting on who is the God who we gather to worship. And I will tell you right up front, there's a short and very meaningful answer to that, which is that as Christians, the God we worship is a God we call the triune God or the Holy Trinity. We use different language to talk about this. God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, or the Creator, the Savior or Redeemer, or the Holy Spirit. And language about the Trinity comes up all the time in our life as Christians. And just this morning, as one example, uh, it shows up in the prayer of invocation, which I've lifted up to the top of the front of the bulletin, uh, which you can see there. It sort of uh, references the Trinity in sort of poetic language. Blessed be God, the one who forms us. So that's God the Father, the Creator, Jesus, who bears the cross, that's the second person of the Trinity, uh, the Savior or the Redeemer, and the Spirit who makes our joy complete. That's just one example I could cite many every week where the language about the Trinity shows up. Here at St. Philip the Deacon, if you are in the sanctuary, and if you're not in the sanctuary, by the way, if you're at home uh, watching this digitally, you can find these panels on our website. Uh, But here in the sanctuary, every week we gather, we are surrounded um, aesthetically or visually through these panels which tell the biblical story and in their own way lift up uh, who God is as the Trinity. So off to my left, your right, we have God the Creator. The first seven or eight panels are about the story of creation. The back wall is the God of the Old Testament. Again, God the Father, the Creator. To my right, your left, we have language or, or images about Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, the Redeemer, the Savior. And up front, we have uh, images about the Holy Spirit. Uh, And by the way, again, if you want to learn more about that, we have both brochures uh, and uh, our website has more information about those panels. Perhaps, though, the place where we learn about or hear about the Trinity most specifically is through the creeds of the church. And indeed, we will, as we often do, recite the Apostles' Creed in a little bit. There's also the Nicene Creed. Uh, each of those creeds talk about the three persons of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Um, and the, the creed that we'll recite today, uh, we'll do a little test, sorry it's the fall, I, but um, what do the creeds begin with? Or what does the Apostles' Creed begin with? Two words, I Believe, believe. very good. And so today, rather than talk about the persons of the Trinity, I want to focus all of our attention on those two words. I, or in some translations, we and both are valid and and useful, believe. And here's what I want to say about that as a preliminary. It is my strong sense that we live in a culture that is suspicious and cynical about faith and religion, And so one of the things that happens, again, culturally, and the culture informs each of us as as well, it's the air we breathe, is the culture looks at people like us who gather together on a Sunday morning, who say together, I believe, and the culture says, oh, you silly Christians. You are so backwards. You're so superstitious. You only believe, but we, the culture, know Right, And I'm gonna suggest this morning that that kind of attitude is a misplacement of a very important tool for all of us in our lives, namely the tool of science, but it's a misunderstanding of how science works. And if you're saying, Tim, it's the first sermon of the church here, why are you focusing on science? I will tell you that in surveys again and again and again, studies show that people in today's culture say, I don't need church, I don't need God, I have science, which, and to be clear, again, please don't go home and say, oh yeah, Pastor Tim talked about how he hates science. I don't hate science. I'm a big fan of science. I love it when I go to the dentist if I need a filling that they have Novocaine, okay? science is a good thing and contra the culture there is no big conflict between faith and science and i would go so far as to say we live in a culture and society that values science not in spite of our christian faith but because of it the mistake people make though is they take this very powerful tool called science or the scientific method which is powerful um, and can tell us a whole lot of things but it's a very limited kind of power it can't tell us Everything about the world, it can't answer all of our questions about who we are or why we are here. And to make that point, I'm gonna use your brains a little bit this morning, I wanna go back to those creeds and we call them creeds because in Latin, the first word of the creeds is credo, credo, which appropriately we translate to I believe. And that's a good translation, but again, in our culture, because we tend to think about belief as opposed to knowledge, it's not entirely helpful. And I wanna just, I'll tell you some of the other ways that word credo can be translated. Believe is one of them, also trust, or rely on, or put faith in, or to be persuaded of, or to place confidence in, okay? Now I wanna give you three quick examples, uh, and none of these involve God. Okay, so we're taking God out of the equation. We're simply talking about ways we experience the world, ways we come to know things. And the first two examples are both words you are familiar with that are also based on that Latin word credo, from which we get the word creed. The first of them is the word creditor. Has anyone ever heard of a creditor? <laughs> okay, a creditor is someone who what? Trusts, believes, believes, has faith that if he or she lends someone money, that person will what? Pay them back. Can they put that faith and trust and belief in a test tube? No. At the end of the day, the person may default on them, right? Yes? All right, so that's one example. Um, Second example is the word credible. Again, comes from that same Latin root, credo. Credible means, it refers to someone who we believe or trust or have faith is telling the truth. Yeah? Can you put that in a test tube and test it? No. The person, despite our good reason to believe, then they might ultimately lie to us, right? The third one doesn't use the word credo. It's not a derivative of it, but it's perhaps the most appropriate and important for our purposes this morning, and that's the word love. You might say, well, I know that such and such a person loves me. And you might have very good warrant to say that, but what you're really saying is, I believe, I trust, I have faith in the fact that this individual loves me, but that you can't put that in a test tube. And I promise you, if you say to someone, hey, prove that you love me, it's not going to end very well, Right? And so, again, this is a case where uh, you can't put that in a test tube. You can't put love in a test tube, and that person may ultimately, despite everything you know and believe about them, they may break your heart. So I'll ask you, do things like having faith in a creditor or trust in someone who you believe to be creditor, uh, uh, credible or loving someone, are those unimportant? Are those insignificant in our lives? (laughs) And yet, they're not things that can be measured scientifically, right? So the simple point I'm making here is perhaps, and again, I love science, big fan of science, okay? But perhaps the most important things in our life can't be measured scientifically, So next week, we will talk a little more about who we place our faith and our trust and our love in. But in the meantime, my prayer for all of us is that we might be a little less defensive, a little less embarrassed to stand together and say, I believe. So let's do that now. Will you join me?